my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Give yourself a delicious escape from the afternoon with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Saving starts with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. iHeartRadio presents Podversations, a weekly discussion with the biggest names and influencers in podcasting. Want to learn the secret psych-up ritual scrub stars Zach Braff and Donald Faison use before every fake doctor's real friends taping? How Vice News parachutes into war zones to rescue journalists from life-threatening situations? Or why Keegan-Michael Key and Blumhouse believe 3D audio is the future of storytelling? Whether you're a newbie trying to break into the podcast game or an exec trying to refine your playbook, Podversations is the easiest way to keep your pulse on the industry. Thank you so much for joining us again for this week's edition of the iHeart Podcast Speaker Series. We've been doing these for a couple of years now. We started them at the very top of 2020. And if anybody has that circled on a calendar, they remember that that's when the world sort of entered into a new weird place. And we wanted to stay connected with each other, keep conversations going, especially with creators. And we wanted to do that through the lens of podcasting. We had been building and have continued to build this huge podcast network as the medium has exploded in the United States. And it's just led to some of the most fun conversations I've had, period, in the last couple of years. And today is no exception. I'm just 
incredibly psyched to talk about a new podcast that we launched at the iHeart Podcast Network a couple of days ago. It's called Really No Really, and it's with two folks named Jason Alexander and Peter Tilden. First of all, Jason Peter, thank you guys so, so much for hanging out with me today for a little bit. Sure, absolutely. Did, was there really a choice? They said the CEO. That's true. This is, if you want I, to I, clear, mean, this I don't know it. much about the corporate world, but when I hear CEO and there's a request, I know that you don't go. There's always a choice. And I got to tell folks before we started recording, they were like, hey, congratulations. Yeah, our podcast network's pretty big. There's like 33 million unique listeners. And they said, are they really unique though? And I didn't what's, know how to answer this. What's unique about them? Because uh, if know. you start with a lie and everything things built on a house of lies then you got right. nothing you, you got, got nothing. nothing exactly <laughs> we also pointed out our podcast has 17 listeners but they're unique they are we, unique Thanks for that because we know them all they're all family and friends we know everything <laughs> there's right. timmy there's billy <laughs> you know how they're unique my mailman you know, timmy thought um, he was going to get my left foot he worked for a year just using his left foot that's unique <laughs> so let me talk about where this show came from. First of all, I think it was your idea, Peter. I think you went to Jason and oh said, we should, oh we, should, we should probably Thanks do a problem. You're, you're to blame. What's the origin story of the show? And then we'll talk about where you guys come from and your backgrounds and stuff like that. But first, the show itself. Jason's going to be sulking. It's my idea. No, so it was your idea. It's was, okay. Oh, boy. It was. So I was on radio for a lot of years in Los Angeles, and I left talk radio because it was time. And it was going to do a TV thing that went under because of COVID. And my kids, everybody's do a podcast, do a podcast, do a podcast. And it was like, okay, sure. Yeah, podcast. Just put it up. Just do it, do it. And I thought with a million podcasts at that time, how do you enter that world? And I also had a big audience. I had a million listeners on talk. I didn't want to be a kid in feet pajamas sitting home talking to nobody in a podcast. What's it about? So I came up with an idea for a brand, really, no, really. Meaning the stuff, first of all, that makes you go really, no, really, which dispels your first answer is like a BS answer because you're already going to the second, no, really. Okay. And then I realized you can do really, no, really tech, really, no, really sports, really not, and build a brand. And I saw that you guys came from places like How Stuff Works and also uh, Mental Floss. So I was fascinated with that and I wanted to build that out. And then I asked Jason if he wanted to do it. He got in, gave his input. And we started after a while doing them and we realized they were wrong. There was not enough weight to it. So I went to Atlanta, got to spend time with Noel Brown. I spent three days with him trying to figure out podcasting. What are the holes? What do people need? And you've talked about this in interviews. Radio, Every time I did a segment, I had to talk what everybody else was talking about, but I had to find the oh wow or something different to engage them. And you call it lean in. That's all talk radio is, is lean in. It's active participation involvement. So I wanted to do that here. And I wanted to make sure after being with Noel that the content was important. Yeah, you get in with a funny really, no really, but then it grows to encompass and body a ride that you didn't necessarily know you were going to take and hear about other stuff. So Jason loved that. He was all in. He's my best friend. We argue about every single thing. I said, want to do it? He said, yeah. Yeah, and we took it to Will Pearson, who, again, got it because he comes from mental, a brand, and you come from yeah, a brand. Yeah. So it feel, felt like a great fit right away. Yeah. Then we worked for eight months to try and figure out and break the format and hopefully came up with something that's A, for your salespeople. It's right. PG. We're not going edgy. And Jason, talk about this, because you're this is your part of the attitude of the podcast. Well, you know, what Peter and I were talking about initially, sort of the easy road with my participation was to go where a lot of other celebrity-driven shows have gone, which is in interviewing other celebrities and whatnot. And I thought that's a cluttered market. I, I like 
Peter's idea of investigating things that are unusual, interesting, off the beaten path, and making celebrities out of the people who really are engaged with those things. We also realized that that could take us into, for lack of a better word, political waters. And I said to Peter early on, look, when we really have our conversations, yes, we get into some heavy stuff and we talk about heavy things and we have our point of views and we're pretty articulate guys, but this can't be that show. No one's coming to us for political punditry. We're not here to take sides. Let's do a show that everyone can listen to. Everybody can find stuff out. Everyone can enjoy. Let's send our audience away if we can, feeling like they've been lifted up a little bit. Mm. That, that mm. They just had a pretty great hang with some people and they found out a couple of things and they had a few laughs and it was a nice cleansing. Get out of your stress. Get out of your tension. Let's do that. And if we get a topic that isn't going to allow us to go down that road, let's step away from that and let somebody else have those. And to hang on that for a second and not to get too too weighty or serious too fast, but I agree that that's kind of what the world needs right now maybe more than it's needed in a while, but why do you feel that way? Well, you know, I've had my own learning process. Listen, I'm a political guy. I am a, a, a public advocate and I'm not an activist. I think there are people who are actually activists. I'm not that, but I've publicly advocated for things and I can have wonderful conversations with people one-on-one, -on -one, even people who seem vehemently to disagree. I always find common ground. So does Peter. That was Peter's forte in talk radio. He ended his radio career on what has to be the described as a right-wing radio talk network. But Peter was the guy who had common sense conversations and was able to talk to anybody from any political point of view and find consensus and find common sense. So for me, I don't feel that social media is a place to have complex conversations. And yes, a podcast is a place to have complex conversations, but that's not what people are coming to us for. If I want to reinvent myself, if I want to rebrand myself as something else, great, we can do that. But I have no need to do that. I have gotten comfortable with the fact that whatever audience I have has come to me because most of what I've done in my career has given them joy, has given them a laugh, has elevated, has educated, has uplifted. You know, there is no need for me to start at age 63 to start going, well, now let's get into the stuff. <laughs> you know, I have come to really appreciate an ability that I didn't think I really truly organically had, which was to make people feel a little better about themselves. I know Peter has it, but together we knew that our brand, our talent was to take people in that direction, to have a good time with a good conversation about fun, funny, interesting things. As far as this is concerned, I said to Jason, when we started this, I want a, a charity component right on that front page. After we launch, I want to get it together. We've done a ton of stuff for charity and feel obligated to, especially when you have this hopefully kind of reach that we have. Just because you're fascinated with the why didn't you want to go in that? I left radio. I was one of the guys who had on Jack Abramoff or I had somebody from, I didn't care who I had on left or right. I just wanted to get the info so they can make a informed yeah. decision about something. Yeah. But it got to the point where even if I was not biased, even though I lean to the left, so whatever, didn't matter. I, I just really wanted the answer. And what I found was it was exhausting that the audience didn't want the answer. Mm. They wanted to do battle and they would say, how come you're against the wall? And I go, when was I against the wall? I said, there's a crisis at the wall. If I give you $8 billion, is there still a crisis tomorrow? You go, yeah, but then it doesn't change your mind. I go, maybe I was at the border. If you're at the border, you can see the wall. 100 miles. You can see people going over. What are you going to do? You can't get there. So right. building more wall, it's simplistic answers. 
and digging into a team. And then I didn't want to get to the point where I didn't like those people because those people, because of the way algorithms work, they're not seeing the same stuff right. that other people are seeing. So we have to figure that out. And Jason and I figured, let's delve into some issues that are relevant, entertaining and informative. And if we can do that, I think we found a place rather than trying to convert or convince. And Connell, it also speaks to the thing that I found by talking to people all across the country. I'm not kidding when I say I've had amazing conversations with people who, at the beginning, you would think we are at polar opposite ends of every experience of life. And what we quickly find out is we all kind of want the same results. We just disagree on what's going to get us there. Starting with that premise, Peter and I just set out to talk about things. So that episode that just aired, it begins with a silly comedy premise. It was a Jerry Seinfeld stand-up observation about why is it that public restroom doors on the stalls don't go all the way down to the floor why do we have that and you know because it's annoying you have no privacy people are staring at your pants and your shoes and you know what, what's that all about and so peter does the research and he finds the guy who has the answer and we get the answer but that's fun and that's funny but then it becomes a conversation about you know we're pretty quick to surrender our privacy. We don't make a stink. We bring things into our homes that are actually giving our privacy away and we invite them into the house. And then we we ended up that episode by going, is like, hey, we're all going back to work and back to offices and public places. Why don't we get an etiquette expert to remind us what good bathroom etiquette is? <laughs> you know, it's a silly, small, what is that all about premise? And then it balloons out into something that we all go, well, you know what? Yeah, we're all, I don't care where you are on the political and social spectrum, we are all giving away your and we're all sacrificing our privacy and, and everybody goes, yeah, I am doing that. So it was a great blueprint for how all the episodes of the show should work. Why don't the doors go all the way down? Who did you I'm find? You that. Did you listen question. to the episode? Did you do your research? No, they don't go down to the floor because it's about uh, the ease of, of cleaning them. A guy or gal can come and slosh water underneath it and do that. How, yes. how, how wonderful is that? But then yeah. there's an additional thing of why when you're in the stall sitting there with the illusion of privacy, can you see everything everybody's doing in the bathroom? Close the door, for God's sake. Spend you know, in our business, there's a saying, if you can see the camera, the camera can see you. If I'm seeing everybody walking by my stall. I'm seeing you. <laughs> and we're okay with that. We're kind of okay with that. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, 
offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing. And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. So let me go back to origin stories a little bit. I'll get to how you guys met because I want to hear that story too. But way, way, way back, there's clearly, clearly something about the two of you and everybody we've talked to on this speaker series where at some point they got the bug of wanting to communicate and create through words, through performance. And I'll start with you, Jason. Where did that start? Who gave you that bug? Was it a parent, a sibling, a friend where you're like, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life? So for me, it was a happy accident. I had much older siblings, but I basically grew up as a latchkey kid and I was short, I was fat, I was was the easy bully target. So I was a very sort of loner kid, kind of an introvert. When I was 12 or 13 years old, we moved from one city to about four towns over. I knew nobody. The first kids that spotted me and sort of picked me up were the theater kids. I had never done it. And I went into a production. You know, I loved theater as an audience member. And I could sing, you know, and I was a fearless singer. And I went into this show. And what happens is that becomes your community. That's your team. That is very fast and very real relationships form very quickly. So it was really more the community of people that I could suddenly be a part of and felt like I had a home that drew me into this. And then it was only after I started performing that I got the feedback that people were saying, you're a good storyteller. We like what you're doing. And because I didn't, <laughs> trust me when I tell you, 
I have no other talents. So to finally find the thing that people respond to was thrilling. And I immediately thought I should build on that. And so I went to college as a theater major for both acting and directing. And, you know, listen, my career is a collection of crazy coincidences and impossible opportunities that somehow presented themselves. But the joy of this act of communicating with people was something that only came about because I found a community of people to do that with. Had I been alone and not found that team or that community, I don't know that any of this would have happened, which is why, and it's a nice handoff to Peter, you know, Jerry Seinfeld always says to me, you should do stand-up, you should do stand-up. And I go, I have no desire to be backstage and on stage alone with myself. It is all about who am I going to be with? Who am I going to play with? Who's my person? When Peter and I met, and we'll tell you that story, but I immediately went, this is not only a collaborator, this is a brother in arms. Something about our backgrounds, our sensibilities mesh so quickly that Peter and I, have, I mean, this is like the fifth or sixth creative venture we've done together. And I'm hoping there's uh, five or six more ahead of us. It's awesome. I, before I throw to you, Peter, like a lot of that resonates. I was thinking as you, I was listening to you when I was between eighth and ninth grade, I changed school districts. And it was such a slight difference geographically, like you says, there are four towns over. What difference could it make? But I may as well move to another continent. Hmm. And the tribe I found was also a more artsy tribe and theater and mock trial and stuff like that. And that becomes incredibly powerful, like the welcome mat that that those kind of wackier artsy kids put out. I hear you when you talk about that. But Peter, what about you? I think you have this interesting background and I want to hear about the origin story and how you got the creative bug, but then you had an ad agency, but then you went over to the creative side. That's not as easy as it may seem for folks outside the biz, as it were. Like that's actually a pretty big shift, but tell us how it all started to begin with. Yeah, I graduated school. I didn't know what I wanted to be. I know you wanted to be pre-med too. So I was going for my master's in, in dopamine denervation syndrome and Parkinson's when my mother had Parkinson's fascinated. Oh, wow. and I was a bad student and then realized, what am I doing? I'll be in a lab lesioning rat's brains the rest of my life. It's a no go. And I did a bunch of stuff. Didn't know what I wanted to do was listless. My parents were immigrants came over here. So there was nobody telling me we're giving me a guided path. So I tried a lot of different stuff, sales and this and what ended up at a radio station accidentally. I was selling hated doing it. And I was starting to talk to the advertisers going, your ad's not working. This ad sucks. Let me write a better one. So I started writing ads and I figured out how to write stuff that could cut through. And then it did quick jumps, my own ad agency based on creative because media buying is media. That's one thing. And I could bring in an expert to help me with that and figure that out. But creative, it doesn't cut through. And it doesn't push the button. I did all retail sales. So on Monday morning, you get a call about, did it work? Did it sell? And you're accountable. So I took on retail accounts and then I got Amtrak and I, I'm not one man shop, then a three man shop and I'm getting big accounts and I got radio stations. So I got YSP in Philly and I helped when Howard was coming to Philadelphia, Howard Stern. I put all my clients on and helped him and did their ads and whatever. And quicker story short, I, I'm on the air on a Sunday public affairs show that somebody asked me to do, didn't know public affairs. I think I talked about Tyrannosaurus Rex hands or whatever. And the guy who ran Greater Media heard me and said, we want to bring you out to L.A. to do a morning show, radio show. So I said yes, even being a no parent and a no guy. My defaults usually no. Right. I I'm out here, no nobody. My dad died. My mother's buried alive. I'm trying to keep the agency alive. And I didn't know what I was doing. Spent a year before Howard Stern on KLSX out here just struggling for my life. When I got fired, which was okay, talk radio hired me. And for the next 20 plus years, I did that plus some country radio. So it was accidental 
never thought I was going to perform, never was encouraged to perform, never had a mentor to perform. And it just kind of happened. And I am so blessed to have met the top people in their field, whether they were, I mean, civil rights leaders and politicians and celebrities. And Jason came in one day and we knew it. I walked to the car with him and I said, you want to have lunch? And he went, okay. Mm. And I said, I think I got your next show, which was about a fake motivational speaker, a motivational speaker who can't motivate his family. We sold that to ABC. And then we did another one called Hit the Road about a guy who has a family of musicians. They're all traveling on the road, which is a nightmare. And I keep trying to present projects with him and create so best friends can hang together. That's the reason. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. I've always said this, like, I feel like the only reason the podcast industry is as good as it is, is because broadcast radio guys spent decades honing the craft of how to have a good conversation. And did you find yourself doing that? Like learning across the years? Oh, that's how you do it. I should ask that question. You know what? Should... I'm so insecure and everybody I've ever worked with laughs because I, I prep more than I know your everything except your blood type and your DNA, you know, because I want to know what I'm doing because I figure I'm the dumbest guy in the room and I'm out there and I don't want to be exposed. So I just dig and dig and dig. And then it became, well, if I got to do the same subject about Biden's uh, address, what am I going to find out about that that they haven't heard on the other stations? I got to do that because if I can do that, they'll keep coming back and maybe I can keep my job. Oh my God. And then I also super served the clients too. I'd say to them, if you fail on my station and we don't do this, we're 50-50. You're giving me intel 
that you say is going to work to help sell your product. If it doesn't, you're going to be mad at me, say it doesn't work, and you're going to go across the street and you're going to make the same mistake because you've never gotten to the root base of your problem. Maybe the description of how your product sells. So yes, I got those skills totally out. Jason knows this out of fear. I wanted to keep the advertisers, so I super served them. I wanted to keep the job, so I would go deep. But the joy is then trying to find the thing. The oh, wow. He's also pretty much what was amazing about Pete, and he's circling around it, but he became very well known for doing rather extraordinary interviews with people who they're over interviews. Wherever you have them, they say the same things. They're asked the same questions. They don't care. You don't care. The audience doesn't care. Peter's drive to find the thing that they never get to talk about as a way to sort of open them up, bond with them, put them at ease and allow it to be a gateway to deeper reflection about things that the, perhaps they've talked about before is a savant ability that even he doesn't appreciate that he has. But it was extraordinary. You know, in the world of podcasts, especially if you're doing anything that has an interview base to it, it gives me and our show a leg up because of exactly what he's talking about. The amount of research that he does so that he can go in any direction and invite someone who's only talking about their historic onstage career and go, yeah, but you know, you once did a magic trick at a thing and it bombed and you did, and they go, oh my God, how'd you know that? And they tell that story that they've never told and now they're at ease. It's an extraordinary gift that he has. I'm going to, oh wow, wow. It's true. I remember, I know what you mean, Jason, because I remember when I was in high school, I was a big U2 fan. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading interviews and it, at one point, a light bulb went off for me. Oh, Bono is saying the same thing in every interview. This is, it's not a shot. Oh my God, yes. it's not, it's just, oh, this is a canned thing that he has honed and crafted. But every now and then, every now and then, you would see an interview or read an interview where an interviewer like Peter would break through and just sort of get them off guard or come at them a little differently. And suddenly they went down a different path. And I remember being a super fan. Those were the ones that mattered. That's hard. That's about being honestly, I guess, because I lived in a repressed childhood, you know, when your parents lose everything, that's how you grow up. Don't, don't get close. Don't do this. It's going to go away. I just got fascinated with people traveling through cultural time and space. Like I look at you, I'll prep all day and have everything. Then I'll put it away and I'll just connect with you and go, you look very stressed. How many more meetings like this? Do I want to know about your day. And how do you grow the podcast thing after? Do you just keep adding podcasts or what do you look for? And if you have a podcast that's not working, how do you tell them? And what tweaks that? And I mean, Jason and I were going to say after a year, one of our staff is going to be killed so we can do a mystery podcast year two just to boost the ratings. But it's a fascinating industry. But then I want to know everything about it. And I've read a ton of interviews with you. And I love the lean in. I especially love that you told your kids that the job that they're going to have in the future does not exist yet. That, to me, is a sentence that already could launch a show. How do you prepare for a future that you have no idea where it's going to go? So I'm just that interested. My life was so boring. That when I can connect with somebody and go, who's the guy who came up with that? That, that took yeah. the time, that the presence to ask his kids that. That's what Jason's talking about. I want, to, I want to know. So, you know, we're about to do, and I'm about to do a whole bunch of podcasts to promote Really No Really. You know, in every description of what I, would you go on so-and-so's show? They want to talk about your early career in Seinfeld. I go, of course they did. Do they not know that every story I have about Seinfeld has been told at least five or six times in some public forum? Why do they want to keep going to that well? Conversely, Brian Cranston is a friend of mine. I could get Brian Cranston on our show to talk about his career. That's no big deal. Where do we think we might use Brian Cranston? We're thinking about an episode about people who have inordinate crazy collections. What's the thing he's got, Peter? What's what is he's, he collecting? He's got baseball cards. But my thing about that is, like, I had a friend who has the piece of the wall of the Ed Sullivan studio. 
Yeah. The Beatles were on, they signed it with everybody else. So he bought it for like over hundred grand and his wife went nuts and whatever. He eventually sold it for an immense amount of money, just as the next generation doesn't care anymore. So how, <laughs> do, you, how do you know that Satchel Page card in 30 years is going to be worth, people go, what? Right. Who, what? Yeah. Who? When I call Brian and I go, Brian, we want you to come on, but I'm not going to talk about Breaking Bad. I'm not gonna, I want to talk about your card collection. He's like, okay, we're not going to talk about anything else. I said, well, you know, we might, but I want to talk about that. That's what we're talking about. We get so many more yeses. Right. Because people right. are going, oh, oh, no one's ever asked me about that. Okay, let's go. You know? And then, of course, yeah. what we talked about is when does it go from collecting to an obsession to then hoarders? So that really is interesting. If you yeah, collecting, haha, and then what's your collection? But then it's about why. Why? Some people just, you walk through the house and they've got this collection and that collection. And you're going, is that your identity? Is the collecting is, is how you present? Like, what is that? And by the way, you're not seeing them in his screenshot, but he's got a room of snow globes. It's, it's madness. It's Jeffrey Dahmer madness. They might as well. <laughs> but that's because people won't buy me a pair of pants for my birthday. They won't get me a shirt. A massage, it's always a damn, another snow globe. It's like, enough, send me money, send me anything, a belt, anything. I don't want another freaking snow globe. So, yeah. And in an earthquake, my kids down who lives downstairs is drowning because they're all going to break and they're going to find them dead in water. Water and glitter. <laughs> How did he die? I don't wonder what happened until they realize what happened. No snow globe death, first one. Do you guys look back? This is a new chapter. There's a bunch more coming, but like podcasting is now a new chapter for you guys. And the show is already just freaking awesome. Is it strange to look back and be like, good God, I did 20 years of really good radio or Jason, like seriously, I, I was involved with one of the biggest IPs ever launched in the world. What's that look back moment like? Or do you not do that? You're just like, no, it's the next thing. That's what keeps me going. That's what wakes me up in the morning. Starting with you, Peter, how do you do that? I don't ever look at that stuff because I, I I don't like people reminisce and look in, in, in books, scrapbooks and stuff. That's sad to me. Plus, I don't want to see how much younger I looked and no liver spots. It, it just, I don't want to do that. But also, I'm always excited. It's like already we've got episode two and I go, it's such a full-time commitment because you want it to be good. We're committing with two million, two million. And remember, I told you I start from an insecure place. My Oscar speeches, I bet I can't do this again. So every week is hell for me. Every week it's like him working with Larry David. I can't do this again. I can't do this again. So I'm excited by that. I'm excited by this. Like we're talking to the head of the digital division at iHeart. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. With my best friend. Holy crap. What am I looking back for? I just want to keep going. And then I got to earn your love and affection every single week because I know I'm going to lose it. And Jason? You know, mine's a little different in that. I have to honor the fact that many, many, many people who engage with me or who approach me want to do so because of something that I left in my rearview mirror. And the show was many, many things to me, but it was many, many things to them. And they were it was a very different thing to them than it was to me. And part of my job is to be grateful and honor what they hold that thing to be. And if it is important to them to share that experience with me, I have to honor that importance and make our interaction worthwhile for them. So I am constantly being pulled to go back, to look back, to talk about what was behind me. The truth is everything I've done, uh, almost all of it has been glorious. They've been many things that were in some ways superior to the Seinfeld experience, in some ways very similar to the Seinfeld experience. I honor and cherish all of them, but the way an actor lives their life is, I'm done, it's over. That was the last thing. 
That was it. They'll never call again. I'll never work again. When Peter called me to start doing this, I was literally in retirement mode. I was going, you know, the phone isn't quite ringing and the things that it's ringing about are not that interesting to me. I make ceramics. I've got a studio in my garage. I'm happy doing that. I teach acting. I'm happy doing that. Maybe I'll just call my agents and go, thanks for the great ride. Listen, if somebody really wants me, let me know, but I'll be in my garage or in some studio teaching some kids. And right as I started to do that, that's when the phone started ringing and there was a movie offer and there's, you know, episodic TV stuff. My directing career started to explode. Peter approached me with this. So to me, it's always looking forward because I literally have no idea. This is Friday. I have no idea what's going to happen on Monday. I've lived my whole life like that and it used to scare me. And now I go, well, that's pretty damn exciting because I've been blessed enough that if nothing happens on Monday, that's okay. But something is going to happen Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. And just living a life that goes, I'm here, I'm available. As Peter says, we're no people. We tend to say no, but to just go say yes. Say yes. Maybe there's something in it that's valuable that you don't see initially. I just did a small film with a bunch of kids because the part was pretty good. And they're like, we can't believe you're here. And I go, well, I can't believe I'm here either. But you know what? You guys are serious about what you're doing. And I'm having a great time. And I'm learning from you and you're learning from me. And you know what? That's all that matters. If the movie becomes a movie, great. If it doesn't, we did this. And right. this was great. And so that's our experience of all this right now. Awesome. I cannot thank you guys enough for hanging out with me today. It's been an awesome conversation and it's just par for the course. These are some of the most fun half hours I get to spend every week. Peter, I think it's time to renegotiate. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know why uh, magnet, magnet, magnet come out of Columbia and the summa cum laude of Georgetown's hanging with two guys who barely got through college. He must, when you, get, you, you go, really? And, and we're all doing the same thing. Thank God for the drama, kids. Thank you guys very much. Everybody, thank you for hanging out with us. This is the iHeart Podcast Speaker Series. I'm Connell. That's Jason. That's Peter. Please, please do listen to the show. It is really funny. It's also really, really good at the same time. It's called Really No Really. And we will see all of you again next week. Take care, everybody. Podversations is a production of iHeartRadio. You can find more from the biggest names in podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
we went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.